0: You're listening to the Eyes on
1: Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 41. I am Matt O'Leary and I am joined by Mitch Anderson. Before we get to the pleasantries, Mitch, what episode edition are we going with for 41? We are,
2: I think, this is the one that I'm going with. I'm not going to speak for you, my American friend, but I'll speak for myself at least. Although I'm pretty sure you'll take who I'm going with. Uh, a career nine sixteen save percentage and 250 goals against average. Your man, no longer on the team probably, Yarrow Halak.
1: That's exactly is who I you had? I'm doing finger guns here. You're, he's doing the finger guns, so I'm going to do it right back at him. That's exactly who I had to. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't look to see who else wore number 41. I just once I... Oh, there was like three other players that I'd never heard of. Okay, fair enough. So once I knew that we were up to number forty-one, I thought, "All right, this is gonna be the Halak condition. <laughs> at least in my mind,
2: slam so. dunk. That's a layup, not a slam
1: dunk. What am I doing? Uh, good thing we're a hockey podcast. Yeah, I don't know basketball at all. No, I'm not going to pretend to uh, either. So how, how are you doing this week? Good. Excited to talk some Isles hockey.
2: I'm excited, yeah. Um, Not a whole lot going on, but excited. My voice is kind of back. I left the door open, so my dog is right next to me. So if you hear panting, that's him. I don't know why he's here. I gave you food water. We just went for the second walk of the day, Marsh. So you don't break your neck. It's fine. Just, you know, chill out. Lay down. Take a load off. Sorry.
1: Good boys are always welcome on the show. <laughs> Good
2: boys are always welcome. All right, let's get... How are you doing over in, in US of A? I'm doing okay. Um... It's a little bit t- it's not you're not felting over there,
1: no uh the weather was a little bit cooler today, so when I close the windows for the podcast i have I'm not dying just yet uh it is a little bit of a tough work week, even though it is a short one the week after Memorial Day is always kind of tough, especially the Tuesday back oh right, so yeah you guys celebrate your military we celebrate the queen the week before that God save the queen or at least so we're told right God save the queen. Yeah, that's what we're told. All right, fair enough. Uh, For this week's episode, we're going to start with something a little bit different. We're going to do the three short topics and get into a long one, but we're playing a little bit of a what-if game with our first segment here. I'll give you the context for why we are going to play this game. Recently, when the Islanders hired Lou Lamarillo, Rick DiPietro, who hosts a show on ESPN Radio here in New York, told Alan Hahn, who also used to cover the Islanders, who hosts a show on ESPN, that he felt partly at blame for the Islanders' struggles, especially their struggles in net. So it got me thinking, what would have happened if Rick DiPietro never got hurt? And to that, I'm going to present Mitch with that question first and see how he answers it, and, and we'll go from there.
2: Um. Okay, so he was drafted first overall in two thousand, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. Um, they did not make the playoffs the year before. They didn't make the playoffs the year after. They almost had an identical record the year following. They didn't make the playoffs the year after that in 0-0-0-1. Then um, they finally made it in oh one oh two, and I think that's when the issues started happening, right? Especially in that series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And by issues, I mean uh, the fragility of Rick DiPietro right um so i guess the original question i'm kind of vamping here the original question is what would happen to the islanders if di pietro stayed or stayed healthy i don't know if it would have altered the franchise that much well i'm i have to look it up i have to look up what is what is his career save percentage before or and and uh, just stats were before he got injured. Do you have them like d- ready in your mind?
1: I do. I can give you some context because I wrote an article on it this past week. So yeah. that's what we're going to get into. So there was really four years of Rick, Di- Rick Pietro's career where he was completely healthy. Four years in a row. And if you average yeah. it out over that time, it was a 908 save percentage and a 270 goals against average. So... If you factor that into say, like, that's going to be an average year for DPH show, it's relatively mediocre. It's not like he was an elite goalie, realistically. Well,
2: so that's an average, right? There is that one year in 2006, 2007. I have the stats up. That's why I could be brave with this claim where he was eighth in Vezina voting. With a nine nineteen save percentage and a two fifty eight goals against average, that's the Rick DiPietro they drafted, or they thought they were drafting when they drafted
1: him. Right. If you got that, it would be a little bit different. Right. If you got that one year. Right. For me, how I did it, I took the average of the of all four years that he was considered healthy, and said like, okay, picture those numbers for whatever year we're looking at. I still yeah. some of the big milestones in DiPietro's what what would, would have been his career. I still think they land Tavares because I don't think he makes that much of a difference. Um, in that, do you think by oh oh nine oh eight oh nine like he, that that was the
2: year though, the year right after your four year window right where he wasn't healthy?
1: Yeah, that was the first year he wasn't healthy. I think even if he was yeah. healthy, they would have been bad you think they were
2: you think they would have they finished twenty six forty seven and nine that season,
1: yeah, but their goalie play wasn't that much different
2: I don't know, I don't think they get the virus if they got Rick playing at his nine oh eight what did you say two seventy goals against average yes. I don't think they get him. I really don't. So, And, and that changes the franchise entirely. Look, in, in his three good years, his three really good years, let's say four, they made the playoffs. What, three out of those four years? They made it in 01. Sorry. No, 02, 03, 03, 04, they made the playoffs. And then they couldn't in 04, 05, obviously. Yes. So wait, 03, 04 is the only... Sorry. Sorry. I'm I'm all over the place here. O three O four is the only year that they made the playoffs with a with a healthy Rick. That unless I'm missing O six O seven, yes O six O seven they also made the playoffs and that's his really 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 good year, and they still didn't get it out of the first round. It's Buffalo.
1: Right. Well, it didn't help oh. that they were going up against the best team in the league in the first round. I, sure. The only thing that I said would be really different, I still think they would have been the worst team in the league. I know that we disagree oh, there. Yeah. Um, in 2012-2013, I think they end up beating the Penguins in the first round if Pietro is the goalie instead of Nabakov, just because of how putrid Nabakov was in that series. He had an 842 save percentage and 4.44 four goals against average. Um, but... On the contrary, I don't think they win the Capital Series or the Panther Series if Rick Pietro is the goalie. Because in against the Capitals, wow. you had Halak standing on his head, and then it was Grice the following year who did the same thing.
2: Yeah, so against the Capitals, what year was that again? Was that 15-16? That was 14-15. No, that would have been 14. Yeah, so Rick would have been 33 around then. So he probably still could have been playing. That's a year older than Halak is now, um, but I, I don't think he would have been around for the Florida series anyways, because that's he would have been way too old for that, like thirty four, thirty five. Who says he's? I guess well, he's
1: still being a contract. That's for sure. That's right. And think about who was in the net opposed to them: Roberto Luongo, who is even older than that. So you don't necessarily know that. Yeah, either. that's
2: true. That's true. That's true. All right, I'll take that. Um. No, I don't think they win those series with Rick and Nets at that point. I really don't. I call him Rick like I know him, but I just don't want to say his full name all over again.
1: I pulled up this comparison, too, at the end of the article, and it was actually pretty scary how similar their numbers could have been. So Cam Ward's career save percentage is 9.09, and his goals against average is 2.70. If you remember... Rick Pietro, the average of his four years that he was healthy was 9.08, save percentage, 270 yeah. goals against the average. So basically, I said this question. Do you think the past 10 years would have been completely different with Cam Ward and Net? Probably not, right?
2: I There's just there's so many factors there. Like if, even if they're marginally better, what does that do to their odds for Tavares? And if they don't have Tavares, what do they have? Right? Do they just
1: stick with Calvin DeHaan, essentially, at number 12? Well, no. Wouldn't they have had like the third pick, too, then, I guess? Something like that? Well,
2: I guess they probably would have ended with the third pick. So, what is that? Matt Duchesne? Yeah. Yeah, because it was Tavares, Hedman, Duchesne. So, they get Duchesne as their number one center instead of... So, they, they might look like Colorado. So, yeah, maybe I guess that's not a whole lot different. No, not really, right? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would be. I really do. Because you'd like to think that that stability and goal would, would mean something. But I guess, obviously, when you look it out, when you, you you suss it out and you look at the numbers, you go, I guess it's not entirely different. I want it to be different. I so badly want it to be different. But it isn't. And then, is that even worse if, let's say they don't get Tavares and they get Matt Duchesne instead? It's not—what an. am I trying to say here? Is it—does that reflect better on Tavares or not? Whereas, like, not even with Tavares—it's not even Tavares himself that's getting this team. Or does that reflect badly on him where he can't get this team further? We can have Duchesne and be in the same spot.
1: That's a good question. I think it's— I think it's more— I think he looks worse. You Really? I was going to go the opposite. I don't necessarily put the blame on Tavares for this. I really don't. No, but what I'm saying is that he's not
2: the difference maker, clearly. If we can do the same with Duchesne, and Tavares is clearly a better player than Duchesne, clearly. There's no question about it. Um, But if he isn't going to return, or or if Duchesne can get the same return, then...
1: I I mean, I, I guess I get where you're coming from, but overall, I think, yeah, Tavares is the better player by far. In my eyes, yeah, but yeah. there's still so many different factors that weigh in here. To you know, they could have probably had any other center taken in that first round and had very similar results. So then it gets to also the point: like, do they take um,
2: who am I going with? Um, Nino, Dal, Cole, um, Reinhardt, like that that trio. Do they take them? Strom? Are they that bad? Where they, they they pick those players in the top five in the next four years after Tavares. Probably not. And is that better? Because we all know how they ended up. There are better players in the drafts those years. So they might even end up better. Even Assuming they even get Tavares. Because this is supporting cast of players around him. They'd have a goalie who's going to get them somewhere around NHL average goaltending, if not just a little bit lower. And then you're probably picking up better pieces than the pieces you picked up in the top five in the four years following Tavares' draft. Yeah, that's definitely true. So I'm, I'm trying to convince myself of your side, of not of your side, because you said it was going to be the same, but I'm saying it could be better. It could also be worse. Um, I guess I see all three. God, this sucks. I see all three sides. God, I can't. I hate when I can't make a decision.
1: Ugh. I'll make the decision for you because it's really... I really don't think it would have been any different. The only thing I, that I would have said differently was they they win the Pittsburgh series. They don't win the other two. So they break their streak two years earlier but still have won one playoff series in 25 years. Yeah, still no further ahead. Exactly. So In the success category. And now, at this point, Rick DiPietro likely would have been retired, so you would be yeah. pretty much in the same position now than right. if Rick DiPietro got hurt like he did in real life. Yeah, still looking for a number one starter. Exactly. So, I think we came to the conclusion that things really wouldn't be all that different. Yeah.
2: Okay. You've got me on that, but there's the potential of either way. It, it could flow either way, any of the three ways.
1: Sure. Any, anything's possible, Mitch. Just like Kevin... Anything is possible. <laughs> Kevin Garnett Anything said. is
2: possible!
1: There you right, go. Is that what it was? I don't want
2: to yell and wake up my kids. <laughs> Actually, they sleep through a hurricane. It's insane, those kids, how they sleep through everything.
1: Oh, my God. Life as a dad. It wouldn't be an Eyes it's- and Isles episode without some fatherly something from Mitch. <laughs>
2: I listened to it over again last week, and the bit where I talk about my daughter coughing in my mouth, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I laughed out loud. It was good. good st- uh, okay, do we want to move on to something else then? Let's keep the pace going.
1: Sure, let's keep it rolling. Next up on our list, since the Islanders now have Lou Lamarillo in the fold, a lot of people have been linking Kovalchuk to the Islanders Does this make sense, Mitch?
2: No. No, it doesn't make sense. The the only reason you want Kovalchuk is is because you think he's an upgrade over players you already possess. And I won't disagree. He's an upgrade over Andrew Ladd. But you can't get rid of Andrew Ladd. So good luck with that. Uh, And now you're bringing in another top six player. How are you going to fit him in your top top six when you've got arguably eight players to fit in said top six? That's too many players. So you're going to get Kolachuk to put him on the third line next to Brock Nelson? What? Or you're going to put Anthony Boviglia next to Brock Nelson? That didn't work last year. Why is it going to work this year? Just so you can bring in a guy that you hope is still a point-per-game player after, what is it, four years in the KHL?
1: Oh, it's got to be longer than that. 35
2: years old? I think it's six years. It might be six even. You might be right at six years
1: yeah it's been a while uh, I pulled up his numbers so the last year he played in the NHL was 2012-2013 with the Devils and it's been one, two, three, four, five years in the KHL he had 63 points in 53 games last year but obviously a different league and he is 35 years old yeah at this point exactly and he's what, a career 866, 866
2: points in 866 games or something like that? Uh,
1: 816 and 816. Yeah.
2: So he's a perfect point-per-game player over his entire NHL career. But again, like he's 35 years old. And I understand that Alex Radulov, when he came over, was a hit. But he was also four years younger than Kovalchuk when he came over. So what are we bringing Kovalchuk over to do? It's to fit in the top six. But but I think he's even he's a right wing, right? So it's not he's doesn't he's left, not a lefty? Left wing. He's a lefty? So that's either Barzal not Barzal. Beauvillier or Lee. Right? That goes down? That gets shifted around? Why would you do that to either of those guys? You have a twenty one year old and Anthony Beauvillier who's on pace for 60 points last season who's been a revelation and you got a 40 goal score guaranteed next year, maybe not guaranteed, but as close to guaranteed as possible. Why do you bring in a Kobolchuk? And can like, I, like, add, am I spewing nonsense? Please add,
1: please. I was going to say, I want to add a Kiefer Bellows in the mix too, as a left wing.
2: Yes. Like, why would they bring him in? That doesn't make any sense.
1: It's not a fit. It, Especially because you have Andrew Ladd, who's going to eat up a big chunk of your cap at $5.5 million. And what do you think you're going to have to pay Kovalchuk to come play for the Islanders?
2: Like, it's not less than $3 million a year. Even if it's a year, you're going to pay him 4 probably.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's worth it at that point. Uh, is it even worth it at $3? Probably. You're probably going to get a pretty good production for $3 million, but... You have Andrew Ladd, too, which that's not going to help.
2: Like, I understand he's a big name. I understand that. I just, I don't see how he fits in. And I get that. We got Lou. Let's get some names in. But let's just not get names for names sake, please. Um, I know he's been getting better and better in the KHL. But the team he plays on has also been getting better and better. Right? They've added... Uh, Datsuk, they've added Voinov. And, and say what you will about Voinov's character as a human being, he's obviously a dirtbag, uh, but he's still a darn good hockey player. Right. So you put him on a team with some good offensive players like Datsuk and like Kovalchuk, and I know I'm missing someone, Um, they're They're going to get better. They're going to be good. And that's exactly what happened. Can he replicate that in the, in the NHL? Who knows? And... Are you going to pay $4 million a year to find that out? Oh, that's rough.
1: No, uh, especially at forward, if anything, I would rather them go younger. Uh, If you want to bring in a veteran presence, and I'm not saying a 35-year-old, but someone who is an established player in the league, I'll word it that way, then I'm okay with that on the defensive side or in net. But I don't want to add another old forward to the mix. I'm out on that.
2: And even then on the the defensive side, we already got one. We've got Johnny Boychuk. He's grizzled. He's older. He plays hockey the quote unquote right way. I like the way he plays. Don't get me wrong. And he's got a ring on his finger. Both the wedding ring, I assume, and a Stanley Cup playoff ring. The two most important rings you want on your fingers. When it comes to hockey, at least, I assume. Yeah. So like, why would you go and search for someone else like a Dennis Seidenberg type? You already got a guy you're paying six million dollars. Just keep him there. You don't need another veteran presence with a the, with the ring. And you already have one of those. You've got Andrew Ladd already. Like, you're already paying a failed experiment for the next million years. See that out before you bring someone else in. I'd rather them s- show faith in their youth and say, Bovillia, we saw what you did last year. We want you to replicate that over an 82-game spread. And
1: we're going to put you in a position to do so. Right, at least offensively, because that was the better part of their team. I think them doubling down on the same defensive core would be dumb, but on offense, that was that was what was working. So stick with that, especially in the top six, because that was the one of the best top sixes in the league. And then maybe you add some depth on the third line, but it's not going to be a thirty five year old, uh, a flyer, an expensive flyer at that.
2: I I hope not. I- I just, I don't get the link to Kovalchuk. Uh, I, sorry, I get the link in, in if it's Lou and Lou signed him and Lou clearly likes him. But that's that's where it should end, just like speculatory and done. I, I know it's still speculatory now, but we shouldn't be like, hey, you know what? I kind of like that. I shouldn't see any of this positive pro Kovalchuk. I just don't see how it fits in. We have arguably better players on the lineup. He's not going to come in. Unless he comes in and it's immediately a point-per-game player. But it's hard to imagine that that's going to be the case for a 35-year-old to do. No, that's certainly asking a lot. So, like, we're asking a lot of someone to think he might be able to do something that he probably can't do. And we have players that we know that can do it. Maybe not point-per-game, but they can get a 60. So why, why are we doing that? Why are we, why are we bringing him in? It doesn't make sense.
1: I'm on board with you, Mitch. I really don't get it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the Islanders top six is just fine. Yes, agreed. Thank you. Next up on the agenda, we have the ever popular Josh Hosang. Do you think he will be traded now that Lou is in here? And if you do, yeah. what destination are you thinking? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that's going to be tough.
2: Where does Joshua Sain go? I have no idea, but he's going. I-, I don't imagine him coming in or coming, coming into the team. Oh, Vetchkin scored. Yes, baby. Uh oh, con Smythe winner right there. Um, sorry, we're recording this on a Wednesday and the Capitals are currently playing the Vegas Golden Knights and they are up 2-1 in the second period. Boom, shakalaka. Anyways, uh, back to the story at hand. Where does he go? Because he's going. He's gone. He's gone. Like, th- it's not that I want him to go. And I, and I wrote this. I want him to stay. I want him to flourish as an Islander. But that ship sailed. That's done. Like, this, this relationship should be beyond broken. Just end it. Get what you can for this kid and let him flourish somewhere else. And, like, as I watch the Golden Knights, I think that's a good place for him to go. I think really deep What are you getting you back in so? return
1: for it? What are you getting in return? Who
2: cares? Who cares? Doesn't matter. What? At this point you're not using, you're not using him anyways.
1: You're just willing you're to dump using- off Josh Hosang for virtually nothing at this point. What are you going to get for him? It's not like the Vegas Golden Knights think
2: that, "Oh, they really need this guy. They're going to have to sell him for top dollar." No, they know like, "Well, you're going to get rid
1: of him because you you hate him." I'll we'll take him. I see I disagree on both of your statements. One, I think Lou being here actually helps Joshua Sang's chances of staying because of Lou's uh, past as a talent evaluator. Orchestra speech.
2: For his what? His orchestra speech. You didn't hear that? Every player is a part of an orchestra, and they they've got a part to play. And then he like, he throws accountability to the player to be like, see, you have to fit in the grand piece that we are constructing here. You fit. You just got to find where that is.
1: He tells that to everyone apparently. Okay. Well, I think Hosang has a piece in the orchestra. I think he could play the cello. <laughs> a supporting a supporting instrument.
2: Yeah. I see him more as a fiddle, but that's all right. Uh, but I, I I just don't see it. I don't see. It. I I understand what you're saying, and I understand that Elliot Freeman tweeted out something, or not tweeted, but wrote that Lou was good for Nazan Kadri and Scott Gomez, who are the same type of players for the respective teams. When Lou got in there, and he changed them around pretty quick, I think he could change Hosang around. I I just think that he's probably not going to get a shot on the team next year, anyways. The coach doesn't like him. Clearly. So, like, why? Why? Just go. Just go somewhere else. The St. Louis Blues. There's a good place. Let's try to pull a defender out of there. Can we pull a Jay Bomeister out of the St. Louis Blues? Not just for Joshua saying, but I'm sure we can package some things together to pull Jay Bomeister out of there. I,
1: I don't know. I and, do- that, and that
2: definitely keeps Tavares. You're bringing in jo- Jay Bomeister. Boom. Tavares is like, sign me up, baby, right now.
1: I, I think that there's a better chance of him staying ever, se- ever since Lou came. I would say his percentage of coming back before Lou was here, maybe like 30%. Now I'm going to say it's bumped up to like 50% that he's wow. back next year. I, th- I still think he should be the third line right wing next year, along with Kiefer Bellows on the left-hand side. Um. But if you are going to trade him, I think it's going to have to be in a package for an elite defender or goalie. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's what they need, right? So if you
2: get anything else, you're kind of selling yourself short. Well, you just were selling not- him
1: <laughs> off to Vegas for Trump change, apparently, Mitch. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I'm
2: selling myself short on this. That was I'm just, I have I have no faith that that they they, they were gonna get anything for Hosang because first no one wanted him in the first place. No one wants him now, including the team he's currently on. So I just I just don't see him garnering any sort of value. <laughs> That's he's a toss in. He's a toss- in my in my opinion. I want him. I love him. I don't want him to be traded. I would rather him stay. I just that relationship seems fractured beyond repair. Regardless of Lou coming in, so that's just my opinion. I know that uh, you clearly disagree with me. And I'm sure others do, but we can all agree that he should be on this team.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I'm putting it at 50%. He's back.
2: Okay. All right. Fair
1: enough. 50%. I say 30 but all right. Fair enough. Do you want to get into a long one now that we batted that one around a little bit? Sure, let's do that. Okay. So let's talk about the New York Islanders goalie situation. It ain't pretty, Mitch. We know that it's not. Pretty. No, it's not. We is a two parter. Number one, we're going to talk about just how bad the Islanders goaltending was in 2017, 2018, and then. Going off of that, we're going to talk about some options that Islanders can pursue this offseason. Okay. So as for part one, the Islanders goaltending duo was one of the worst the Islanders have had in the past 25 years. Yeah,
2: that, that's and the that's thing. Not, Remember, he matches at Islanders. It's not even just in the league, just within their own
1: franchise, this was the worst. Yes. There, I want to see if we could pull up what their exact combination was. Okay. They combined for a 9.03 save percentage and a 3.42 goals against average. Oh. Gross.
2: So gross. So, so gross. Um. Yeah. I, I think that was bottom of the league this season as well. If I'm not mistaken, I believe you are correct. Uh, which is equally terrible. Um. So they they were bad. Um. But we knew that. We knew. We we all watched. We all saw. Um. They were bad. Uh. It wasn't just the team in front of them. As as much as that was an issue, they were also culpable of letting in some soft goals, poor coverage, bad decision making. Um. Just bad positioning sometimes they were they were just flat out bad you can't excuse them for bad defense that was that was a part of it but the equal part of it was just their play individually they were bad um but
1: with that being said one of them is gone that's true halak is going to be gone grice is likely going to be here still but he's got two more years yeah the We have to go back to 1995 and 1996 before an Islanders goalie tandem had both a worse save percentage and goals against average. So that year, a season in which they had just 54 points on the season, they combined for an 882 save percentage and a 3.72 goals against average.
2: That's so so bad. Who is the Nets then?
1: Uh Tommy Tommy Soderstrom f- played the most.
2: Tommy Soderstrom. Wow. Okay. I, I would. I was going to say Potvin, but I would have been wrong. I'm sure. Did he even play for us? I, I know he was on the team, but I don't know how many games he
1: played. He did, but not that year. Okay. I came across him along the way. That was in 98, 99. <laughs> Along the way. Yeah, it was a long oh. list down, going in reverse order from this past year down to 95, 96. But how old were you in 1995, 96? Let's put this in perspective a little bit. In 95, 96, I was 11
2: years old. No, I, okay. yeah, I was 11. I, I would have turned 12 in May.
1: Okay, and how old are you now?
2: I am 34 years old. Okay. I just turned 34 two weeks ago. Not even.
1: I would be one years old in April of 96. I'm 23 now. Just hearing that osteoporosis just kicked in. My (laughs)
2: hip just like displaced itself going, you're too old to be around that voice. Just boom, out of socket. Uh, I saw some kids running on my lawn and I immediately got mad. And there's a cloud up in the sky that I shook my fist at all while you were saying that. It was incredible.
1: So the Islanders goalie tandem this year (laughs) was the worst (laughs) it's been since (laughs) I was an infant, Mitch.
2: (laughs) You've had a whole lifetime of better goalkeeping. Yeah, pretty much. Your your life has literally been bookended by those two bad goaltending appearances.
1: Pretty much, and God forbid, I hope I don't go before next. season Oh, they starts. scored again! What a play! Oh yeah, baby, Capitals! Ha! Huh? Oh, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. That was the perfect interruption because I was just talking about how I hope that I wouldn't die before the next Islander season starts, and then you start uh, cheering. But if anything, <laughs> <laughs> but and if anything did happen to me, then I would be. Have, at the start of my life, the worst, and then at the end of my life, the second worst goalie tandems in yeah. Islanders history. So, Ugh. not That's ideal.
2: That's bad. That's so gross. So, yeah, I was born in 84, so I still had Battling Billy then, so, when I was born. So, it, started, it started off well for me. Feeling pretty good about this guy. You probably um, so don't yeah, remember him playing, though. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I, was, I wasn't watching Hockey Till much later than that. Uh, well, I, I was watching it. I just didn't know I was watching it. Um, that's probably why I wear glasses now. Thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> anyways, so they were bad. Halax, gone. He's out. Grice's still there. Although I saw an article today. Um, it was on The Athletic. And they, they went through 25 players that could be bought out. And um, Grice was one of them. Although it doesn't make any sense. Why would they buy him out? They're not going to save anything on the cap. It's just going to make it worse. Um, so what do they do? That's, that's that's the whole part of what we're trying to talk about here. What do they do in Nets? Because they need someone.
1: Yes, they do. So I know you came up with a list of five potential candidates.
2: Right. So first on the list, Carter Hutton out of St. Louis. I mean, that's my go-to throughout this season, uh, throughout this year. That's the guy I want. He's got a 931 save percentage, 209 goals against average, with a 17-7-3 record. Pretty, pretty good. And he's a free agent, an unrestricted free agent. So the Islanders could get him for peanuts on the dollar. Maybe not literally, but, you know, peanuts. Probably. They could probably throw 2.5. They could even throw 3.5 his way, and that still saves a million off the cap. Assuming, not, not assuming, but because of what they were paying for Halak last year. Yeah. Uh, then I got Robin Leonard because everyone else has been linking him to the position and I, I, I just, I don't see it, but it's definitely an option.
1: Yeah, that's not one that I'm necessarily excited about. I think he's comparable to Hutton, but of the two, I'd rather Hutton because I think you're getting him for a cheaper price and they'll give you something similar production-wise.
2: You're getting him cheaper? You're, well, you won't even get something similar. You'll get something better. Right, like Leonard was a nine oh eight three oh one goals against average this year. That's bad. That that's Islanders numbers. He did as about as well as Halak did.
1: Right, but like over the course of their career, I think you'd say they put up right. similar numbers.
2: Uh I don't think so. Now I want to bring it up. Like Hutton's numbers are really good, like um, career wise. Uh, and Leonard's numbers are about, I would say they're average, is what I would say. So I'm going to bring up Carter Hutton's career averages. Uh, so he's a career 242 goals against and 915 save percentage. Okay, uh, which is great. Uh, although he is a backup, he's never he's never played more than like 31 ga- or 41 games. I think this season. Sorry, 32 games in one season. Okay. Uh, and then Robin Leonard is, oh, an average uh, goals against of two eight two and save percentage of nine fifteen. Okay, so he lets in point four goals more per game, and is the exact same save percentage. All right, so I so I, I, I will I will I will what's the word I want to say recuse myself, not recuse myself, but I will say that you're right. They were pretty close.
1: Thank you. I think, I agree. I think Hutton's, I think Hutton's an upgrade over Leonard, but just by a small margin. I think they're similar. So, sure. Okay. And you're
2: definitely right. They can get it for cheaper because Leonard was, what, you were saying 4.5 on the cap last year?
1: Uh, I think it was just over 4 million.
2: Yeah. So, they'd have to pay him close to five. They're looking to spend more on a guy that, Uh, it's probably going to get you NHL average goalkeeping, but maybe not. There's a risk, obviously. Yeah, that one's definitely a little bit more of a risk. I agree. But next on the list is Brayden Holtby. The guy who's currently playing right now. Um, He's got, he's got, he had a bad year. I won't, I won't mince words. A 907 save percentage, 299 goals against average. But with them signing, uh, is it Ilya Samsonov? And still having Michael Grubauer... They either get rid of Holtby or Grubauer, one of the two, and maybe it's Holtby to make some space so they can also
1: sign John Carlson. See, that was my logic, and you made fun of me a few episodes ago for it. You said, oh, they'll find a way, Matt. They'll always find a way. And guess what? Now it's in your (laughs) slideshow, so I'm going to give you a hard time.
2: Oh, all right. Fair enough. All I'm saying here is that the option is there. They could keep him. Again, they could find a way. Life finds a way, Matt. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll see. It's just, it's a good link. He's a great goalkeeper. So why wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love Um, that. That's a dream scenario.
2: Yeah. I, it would, it would take a lot to, to sign him for sure.
1: Like, or not sign him, sorry, but to get him over in a trade. Oh, sure. You can kiss goodbye. A first round pick, some of your favorite prospects, maybe even someone who was on the Islanders roster this past year. So it's going to take yeah, a package. No, for sure.
2: It's going to take a whole package to get him over, but
1: it's possible. It definitely is possible.
2: Um, Next is your man, Darcy Kemper out of Arizona. I like this. 920 save percentage, 252 goals against average. Uh, the only issue with him is that he hasn't really started much. He did a lot this year. Well, not he, he did 29 games, but like that's about it. Can you say you can rely on him to go in for 60 games in, an, in a regular season?
1: I don't think he needs to if Grice is here. Based off
2: Grice's year last year, he might have to. If if it's another year, I'm, but I'm I think Grice comes Grice, back to earth. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he can. Grice can in a backup situation. I'm just worried that... Do we want to throw all our eggs in the Kemper basket?
1: I think at the cost, it's it's worth a shot. It's not going to take a whole lot to get him, and it's one point eight five million against the cap.
2: That's true. So you clearly have a lot of space to sign Tavares, to sign any other free agents that are currently on the team like Pulak. Um, you've got the cap space to make that to do the moves that you need to make, um, and you get yourself a starter. Hopefully, who's got like much better numbers than the Islanders had this year. Right, like nine twenty yeah. save percentage. Only eight percent of the shots they face, or he faced, went in. The Islanders let in almost what was it, twelve percent of the shots they face, or is nine? Um, I don't remember. I forget. Anyways, it was a lot more. Um, and then two fifty two, he's letting in less than half a goal, or a half a goal less per game than the Islanders are. So the Islanders are giving up a half a goal more than Kemper was every game. That's insane. Every other game, they're letting in a goal that Kemper wasn't. Good point. So, like, that, that's that's good value. If he can give you those numbers again, that's what you want. That's clearly what you want to target because, like you said, you're getting savings everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but you're getting cap savings. Um, you're getting room to do other things because of those cap savings. And you're also getting that... that NHL caliber uh, goaltending which is exactly what they needed last year
1: now I know that he's not on your list but do you think that his goalie partner Antti Ranta is obtainable I don't like I I get anyone's obtainable right the the, the
2: classic trope that if Greski can be traded anyone can be traded it just it would seem weird that they would be willing to trade a guy that they just signed they just signed Kemper also. Right, let- Didn't they sign him when they picked him up, though? I don't I don't know if they signed him right right, right away. Although, let, let's assume you're right. You're probably right, because I know you've looked into this more than I have. Um, do they keep Ronta over Kemper, I guess is what you're asking me. I don't know. I think they keep
1: Ronta. I really do. You would do. think so. But at the same token, I feel like if you offered a first-round pick for him, that the Coyotes wouldn't be able to turn that down because they're a team that's, one, rebuilding and loves, loves to save money. And if they're able to save that $4 million and sign, uh, not sign, but have another draft pick in the first round, that they'd be willing to do that.
2: Yeah, but you'd have to think that they also have to spend money at some point because Datsuk is coming off the books. I think Pronger is also off the books. That's a lot of money coming off the Arizona Coyotes books that are barely at the cap floor. Like, they have to hit the floor
1: at some point. True. I think they could acquire a, a player more of just like a contract like that um, later. Andrew Ladd. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just, send,
1: just send him Andrew Ladd. Done.
2: Here you go. You want some cap space to fill up? Boom. We got you covered for four years, baby. Don't worry. And you know what? He could even play. He Do might we, be able to get you 20 goals. He might not be. And then
1: then go get Kovalchuk. Sure. Go for it. Remember, Mitch, in one of my ten step plans on how to save the Islanders, <laughs> I I said that the Islanders could convince Ladd to go there and the Islanders eat like a mill or two off of his salary every year, but that's Andrew Ladd for like four million dollars. And he plays.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think they can convince him to go. I I really don't, but they they might, they might, who knows? It's just, how do you convince them? We're, we're picking up Kovalchuk and we're going to bench you. If that's the argument, go for it. (laughs) Then done. But I, I don't see them doing that. You're going to be a healthy scratch. Is that
1: heartless? You're going to be a healthy scratch every single night. If you stay here, we are willing to trade you to a team that will play you on their top six. Yeah. It's
2: sunny. It's nice.
1: Go, just go, bud. Um, I, I would
2: love for that to happen. I just, I just don't see the Islanders doing it. I think, and maybe I'm not used to Lou. I was, maybe I just need to get the way Lou does things.
1: I was gonna say, I think we build a statue of Lou outside <laughs> of uh, Belmont Park when that opens, if he pulls that off. Is it him like tearing Aunt Andrew Ladd's contract, <laughs> or him yeah. like
2: sending it in the mail to Arizona? That's what the that's what the, the the statue is. Just him standing there with a pile of documents, sending them in the mail. Or scanning them to be faxed over to John Chaika. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think that's what it would be. Probably. Uh, my last one is Keith Kincaid, and this one comes thanks to uh, of contributor David, uh, so David Lazar who writes for our site, and he said, "Well, why don't why not Keith Kincaid? He's put up good numbers. He played well in absence of uh, Corey Schneider." And I was like, "I'm pretty sure he didn't have good numbers." And lo and behold, he had a 913 save percentage and a 277 goals against average in 41 games played. He had a 26 10 and three record like those aren't drop dead amazing stats, but those are way better than what the Islanders
1: were getting. Yeah, Uh, that's like a relatively that's average goaltending. It's not great, but it's average. And if you get that with an explosive offense, I think you can win.
2: Yeah, and look, he played literally 50% of the season. Right. He started, maybe not started, but he played in 50% of the games. That's good. That's a good return. That's what we're looking for. At least 50%. If we can get that and put in Grice for another couple, and then he she should bounce back from that, and then we could put in whoever else, like give Soderstrom a few starts to give him some looks, and then we're good. We're good. Agreed. That's perfect. Um, So out of those five... Which one do you prefer, and which one do you think is more likely?
1: Hopefully, it's the dream. Okay, that's the one you prefer. Um, likely, I'm gonna say mm, Hutton.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, my dream is Hutton. But what I think is likely is Kemper.
1: Okay. I would like your likely better than your dream, I think.
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay. I just think they can get Hutton for so little and then why not? Like, he's so good. He's been so good. Give him a a starting job for two years. Pay him three million. You're saving 1.5 on the cap for two years. That's amazing. Let Soderstrom play at least one year in the AHL and see what he does.
1: It's perfect. Yeah, it kind of buys you some time. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, do so right. you
2: want to keep rolling
1: on here? Yes, let's move on to our social segment. So in the social segment, we usually like to round up what's going on on Isle's Twitter and go into some more fun stuff. So, Mitch, our, our favorite, one of the guests, not one of the guests, one of our... Favorites on this podcast, we'll just put it like that. Josh Hosei is back on Twitter. he's back. (laughs) He's back on Twitter. I hope it's the summer of Josh in 2018 because in 2017 was the summer of Josh and he had amazing tweets on on the regular over the summer, but then he went kind of dark during the season. So his latest tweet reads, Every champion was once a contender who never gave up.
2: Nice. Oh I love it. It be it begins. I love it. I love that it's beginning. That um, is
1: exactly what I want from one of my players. That mindset, Mitch. I am bought in.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just hope it doesn't follow up with like uh, if what was the fart one again?
1: Uh I don't remember the fart one.
2: Something about the farts. Anyways, or poop or, or anyways. Something about relationships and the being if you have to force it, it's probably poop. <laughs> That's what it was. Was it? Okay. Um. Yeah, it was something like that. Anyways, uh, didn't Scott Mayfield kind of like uh, throw him under the bus there? Well, maybe not throw him under the bus, but give him a, a nice little shot saying, I, I think it was along the lines of, we're not going to keep seeing this all summer, are we,
1: Josh? It was like, are we, go- this is a DJack quote, are we going to do these inspirational sayings all summer again, Josh? <laughs> and then he comes back. <laughs> He comes back with, I saw your Colorado video. I missed you so much. I was trying to come up with ways to get your attention. Oh, hashtag
2: Isles bromance.
1: I love it. I love it. And I want to see Josh Hossang in an Islanders sweater for 82 games next year. Oh,
2: Vegas just scored. Um, yeah, I, I want to see him play 82 games, but I just, I just don't see it happening.
1: But I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I really do. All right. Another item on the agenda. The orange jerseys are back. It definitely seems like that's what's going to be going with for the third jerseys. According to rumors. According to rumors, the third jerseys are back. All right. Last week was we were debating what it was going to be. Now, it's. I'll say this. It seems like it's going to be the orange jerseys. Are you okay with the renderings that you've seen?
2: Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like him so far. I don't mind the NY instead of the full crest. Although I, I get why you would want to do a full crest. Like if the whole point of these, these new jerseys are likely going to be because they're now playing on long Island again. Although Brooklyn is still technically long Island, but regardless, um, they're back they're back home. So you you'd think that you'd get the jersey or have the crest that depicts home. And right. not just the NY.
1: Yeah, I think I would like it with the original crest a little bit better. I saw some of the renderings with the NY. I don't think they're bad. I do like the no. orange as the alternate. I like when they use like themes third color, kinda of like how the Oilers did it. It's it some of the renderings have looked very similar to the Oilers orange jerseys. Uh, some look better than others, but I'm on board I might get one when they come out if they're looking anything like oh we've seen. Matt's gonna drop some bills. I'm not I didn't say I was gonna get a real one. I was just gonna say that I was going <laughs> to get an orange jersey. China, what's <laughs> up? Yeah.
2: Oh boy. I um, I don't know. I don't think I'd buy one, but they look nice so far. You bought a black one. Yeah, I like the black one.
1: So you don't like, like the lot. orange one? I don't like it a lot. I like it. There's varying degrees of like, obviously. So do you not like the Islanders' regular home jerseys a lot? I love the Islanders' home jerseys a lot. I have it framed right
2: behind me with Tavares, and it's autographed.
1: Oh, okay, because I've never so, seen you wear an Islanders jersey that was home. Only the black. No,
2: one. I I just I have it framed. That's why, because 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 it's framed. I don't want to pull it out of the frame and wear it and tarnish the signature. Could you imagine if I wear that and it wear, or like the ink just rubs out or just goes away? That'd be awful. I
1: guess. <laughs> I guess
2: <laughs> there's no more autograph. This jersey is just a home Tavares jersey. It was an autograph Tavares home jersey, but yeah, whatever. Kind of the same thing. No big deal.
1: Oh, uh, anyways, can we move? Can we move on? Can we move? Let, let's move on. <laughs> let's move past it. Okay. So, Mitch, yeah. I, there's been a story going around that's been on a lot of sports talk radio. So, the Philadelphia seventy sixers GM is in hot water because he had burner Twitter accounts and was tweeting rhetoric against his own players. So, I didn't well, know I that wa- was a thing. I, I had no idea what a, t- a burner Twitter account was. I had no idea. Oh, you've never had to do some, like, stalking on the internet or anything like that, or then I guess, or some deep diving on the internet?
2: No, I just look. I use the Twitter accounts that I have. Even when I want to look at George Pace, he hasn't blocked me personally. <laughs> Actually, he has blocked me personally, but he hasn't blocked my other podcast. So when I wanted to see what he said about me, I just went and looked. That's all I did. They were, these weren't burner accounts. They were just regular accounts that I already had. He just... <laughs>
1: Didn't do his research. That's all. Okay. Well, that's okay. Well, you kind of described what a burner account does. You just I have guess, another I just outlet. didn't know what it was
2: because I'm like, I'm new to social media, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Okay. So y- your age is playing a factor. I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. I have had experiences with burner accounts, which is fine. I mean, I think everyone has for the most part, but I am not the general manager of a basketball team. He's president of Basketball operations. Yes. So what we wanted to do, what if Garth Snow had a, <laughs> a Burner Twitter account? What do you think... Oh, Mitch, oh, yes. what do you think his handle would be? Okay. Um, so I've got... Because Colangelo had five
2: different ones. Allegedly had five different ones. He uh, uh, admitted to at least having one. Um, so I created some... Based off of the, um, the Colangelo ones that he had. So, my first one here is at Snowplow1234567. And this is Gar Snow's pro Gar Snow account. Cause, like Colangelo had one that was just touting him as the greatest president of hockey ops or uh, of basketball ops ever. So, this one, uh, the tweet would say Eberle for Strome was best trade in NHL history. Only GM legend Snow could pull that off. <laughs> okay. You know, because he's the only one who can call Peter Shirelli and get a trade out of him, apparently.
1: Apparently He so. obviously
2: thinks highly of himself. Right. Um, and then I have at too many billboards, because Colangelo had one. Uh, it was at too many unknown sources. Or, well, it wasn't unknown sources. It was, it, I think it was unknown. Anyways. At too many billboards. It's Guard Snow's um, hates critical fans Twitter account. And, um... Here he is replying to our tweet that we put out where um, you surmised that he looked like uh, the Santa Claus. Okay. And he says that's a perfectly normal summer beard. Get a new slant. <laughs> I don't if you've seen the Colangelo tweets that'll that'll be a little bit funnier. Okay. And then his last one that I have here is at Mike Jr where he loathes his own players. And he says Joshua Seng's attitude squandered a trade at 2017 deadline to Detroit for Steve Ott and a second round pick. Mm. nothing no laugh Steve Ott is like the fourth liner of fourth liners so he's gonna trade Joshua Sang and get a fourth line guy to plug on his fourth line that he doesn't need for a second and a second round pick that he doesn't need
1: that was the funny part of it I, it, I couldn't it was even good. convince you that it was funny it wasn't it was good. good you didn't even chuckle Mitch, if we're going to be completely honest, your video froze, so I just nodded along in <laughs> <laughs> pretending that I heard what you said. <laughs> oh, I heard it was a bunch of bips and bloops and nothing. Yeah, it was like, oh, uh, oh well. I said he was going to second, and uh, so then I just nodded along. Yeah.
2: Mm Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good. Thanks. Thanks for treating me like your mom.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, Mitch. Yes, mom. I did homework. Yes, mom. I had dinner. Yes, mom. I cleaned behind my ears. Yes, mom. Thanks.
1: Oh, <laughs> so, what do you have so, then, Mister? I'm so funny. Um, my, my I had I came up with an at name for him, and it's the real Isles realist, and it's a <laughs> it's poking fun at what. Isles Realists is. Most Isles Realists are extremely negative, and this is extremely positive propaganda. So it's very nice. similar to what um, your first couple ones were. So I have him tweeting out, like, Andrew Ladd, Corsi numbers all the time, saying that he's g- going to be coming around, comeback <laughs> player of the year, 2018-2019. I have him hyping up uh, Casey Sezikis and and Cal, and not Calvin Dahan, Cal Clutterbuck. We also have him talking about why he was – why Garth Snow was so smart to lock up Adam Pellick and Scott Mayfield on long-term deals. For five years. For five years. He said, I would have did it for 10. Yeah. If the CBA was back, I could have done it for 10. Thanks, Uh, uh, Lou. That's it. Thanks, Lou. (laughs) Shots fired at his boss now. Yeah. So that that was mine. The Real Isles Realist. I like it. Do
2: you have uh, any, anything else to end it up? I'd, I'd like to hear anyone else who's listening what their um,
1: Garth Burner account would be like and what he'd be tweeting. Yeah, so def- add us on Twitter at FS and give us your best Burner account tweets and what his handle would be as well. Nice. Uh, at, as we're mentioning it, we should probably wrap up the show and start doing the PSA stuff, make sure to give us a follow if you're not already on Twitter at eyes on Isles FS. We also have a Facebook page, which you should like as well. Facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you're listening there and rate and review that really helps in our searchability. So if you take a couple seconds to do that, that would be a big help to us and we appreciate it. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. And, of course, always go to the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Mitch, another episode in the books. We did it again.
2: We did it. Yay, us. Long distance high five.
1: There we go. I, I, I badly high
2: fived myself. That's how bad I am.
1: You, you high-fived oh. yourself. I high-fived my camera, so that was like really awkward. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think we're just going to end on that note.
2: Yeah, sure. that's just, uh, yeah, done.
1: We're, we're, eyes on, oh, we're Eyes on aisles, We're a little awkward. That's, that's fine. <laughs> that's who we are.
2: We're Eyes on Awkward. See you later, everyone.
1: You've been listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll talk to you next week.